Kindness Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Harrington, where each week I'll be interviewing game changers who are up to good things in the world, supporting us with health and wellness resources, and ultimately how to live your kindest life. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Take four. (laughs) Welcome, Kindness Podcasters. So happy to be back. This is Patrick Harrington. I'm here today with Reggie Hubbard, and we're going to be talking about recent events. And I mean, we said, whenever I hear myself say recent events, uh, Reg, this this kind of thing with racial racial challenges have been going on for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the American story is, is equally as inspirational as it is racist, right? So both of those things are tied, in, are tied into our past. They're, they're inextricably bound, but just because they're inextricably bound via history doesn't mean that we need to go forward that way. Mm, well said. Thank you. Right. And, and I think that's a big, that, that, that's kind of one of the things that, that I always roll around in my mind is like, well, this is systemic and and it's it's really from people getting taught things from very very young from the beginning and so how how does it change how does it change if it takes a generation and and is the new generation are they are they changed how different how different is it like how do you think about changing this situation How, how does that happen in your mind well, I mean, I'll talk about it from two perspectives. One is that, like, if you, so you know that I've done my fair share of protests, especially in the past three years, right? So, like, I've been leading thirty thousand person marches down Pennsylvania Avenue, fist in the air, wearing mala beads, wearing all white. So, I've done that. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why I'm not protesting now is that it's a pandemic. But there are people who feel the need to protest, and most of them are younger, right? So most of them are younger. I would say like 23 and younger, especially in the United... I mean, there are other folks, but like the protests in Washington, D.C. that I've noticed are all young people. And that is where I think my hope lies because they are like, I'm willing to risk my life to say that this is wrong. Like we have lost over 100,000 people to this pandemic. And I, Mm -hmm. because I'm older and because I have a pretty unique perch as a strategist in the movement... I've got to be a little bit more, I can't be that cavalier right now because of the relationships I hold, because of the fidelity that I have to serving my communities. Like I need to protect my health. Um, whereas if we're, we're not the pandemic, I'd be out there with the bullhorn with those kids. Like totally, that's more my, my style. So I do have hope because of the inspiration of the youth, as it always is in the country, that things will change. And the other thing that I would say is that um, we talked about this a bit off, off camera, but now, so... You know, people tend to look away from from harsh from harsh instances like this. And the difference between the um, murder of Mr. Floyd and other instances is that, for whatever reason, black, brown, red, like there, everyone sees something in this. Like one of my best friends from college is a committed Republican, and he called me and told me that his this actually makes me emotional. 
Yeah, he's white from like northern Pennsylvania, like rural upbringing. But I, like I was the best man in his wedding, whatever. His daughters were worried about Uncle Reggie. Hmm. Worried about Uncle Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. So when his daughters saw that video, the first thing they thought of was me. And another one of his younger daughters was worried about one of their friends from school, one of their playmates. Mm. Well, what about them? If kids see that, then if, if kids see that then, that, then that means the change has already happened. Right. <laughs> wow. I love that. How old are his daughters? 12 and 8. Oh, what a beautiful sentiment, right? Yeah. And- and something, something about that relationship that I really, really like, and this is, this is, this is, I, I think, key to changing um, systematic racism and systematic paradigms of oppression and and inequality that that have existed, and and they they are changing. There 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 are things that are different today, and 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 these these instances show up as these really bright spots because they're yeah. so abhorrent and so different than what the majority of time looks like. Um, even right. though that's not to, that's not to diminish um, racial profiling and, and that happens yeah. on, a, on a daily basis through security checkpoints and all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to diminish it. Not at all. Um, but this, this, this idea that one of your best friends is Republican, white, and those are two things that are quite different than people that know you know you to be. And yeah. <laughs> yet there, there is this right. conversation that says, um, I have opinions. I am not my opinion. Right. Even, even to say for myself, I know something to be a truth, but it, it actually is okay if you see it differently. Yeah. I'm not, my, I'm not even my truth. Can you speak a little bit about that in terms of like, how is it to be um, who you are in the political movement and have truths and you stand, you, you stand across an aisle, you stand across a conversation with somebody that, that has uh, sometimes a directly opposing yeah. truth. How do yeah. you, how do you reconcile that? Well, one of the things that the yoga practice teaches us is to hold space for complexity, right? To hold space for opposites, to hold space for things that, we may not necessarily agree with, but are also true because they're in this, they're in, they're in, they're in this plane, right? So mm-hmm. my job as an activist, my job as a teacher is to hold space for differences of opinion. So in that, in that interplay, in that conversation, the truth can emerge, right? So the truth is not that I'm black and, and you're white. It's not either or, it's both and, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, and because of that, what 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 is the commonality there is that we're human yeah i may not agree with your opinion but you're a human being and most human beings want better lives want safety want health care want, want these sorts of things so if the space is to find common ground for our common humanity that's why you ha- that's how and why you have to hold space for differing opinions because that's how you affect change for the most amount of people. If it's about being right, as opposed to doing right, like that, that, that's where it gets tricky for me. Hmm. 
say unpack, unpack being right versus doing right being right is just i'm going to give my opinion and whatever you say i don't care because i just feel the need to express myself doing right is holding space for the complexity that i may disagree with you and still maybe holding giving myself the opportunity to amend my opinion based on the information that you shared with me right so uh-huh. right if I'm just yeah. about being right, I'm just like, whatever, 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 as opposed to like holding space and compassionately listening. And, you know, you and I were in a recent conversation where I didn't necessarily agree with the person, but I was like, we may agree to disagree here, but I'm willing to hear you out so I can have a better understanding of where you're coming from. Because yeah. like at the, at the end of the day, we share common humanity. We may have differentiators, but those differentiators on the grand scale and the scale of eternity are, 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 are microscopic, they're irrelevant. Mm. On the scale of eternity, all of our disagreements fade away. Yeah, for sure. Right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that one of the one of the pieces that's really coming to mind about, you know, where I've been where I've been searching my myself for, you know, to tell you the truth, all this was going down and, and kindness yoga, we were we were kind of quiet because I, honestly, I, I wasn't I wasn't clear what to say. I was a bit right. shocked. And sure. And in the midst of everything that's going on, it's like, oh my gosh. This this too? This too? <laughs> really? Like <laughs> couldn't 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 this have waited? Or like couldn't we have not, you know, done this? Because right. it's a lot right now on top of yeah. everything. So, so yeah. I, I, what I, what I keep coming back to is like, well, I actually don't know what it's like to be Reggie. I yeah. actually don't know what it's like to be an Asian woman. I actually don't know what it's like to be my daughter or my wife or my mom. Right. I really am coming to this place where, where more and more I'm, I'm clear that I cannot walk a mile in your shoes. Even, even if I think you've given me a window into in understanding or some way of empathizing so that, you know, it's, it's mostly just me projecting what I, it must be, it must be like me just a little different to be ready. Right, 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 right. right. It must be like my experience <laughs> right. just a little bit different. That, that's, right. that, that probably felt like something that I've had happen to me. Let me, in fact, let me tell you about how it's like what happened to me. <laughs> but more and more, I'm like, right. I actually have no idea what it's like to be black. Right. Um, none. So can you talk about how you hold space for people that that in that way where it's like I, I you have you you have a white person that's trying to empathize with you let's say right and and yet they're coming from a place i, I don't know i can imagine that it, that it's quite infuriating sometimes well i mean one of the thing one of the blessings of the discipline of the yoga practice so for all for all those out there that wonder what the fruits of a discipline yoga practice are, like equanimity and peace of mind are the biggest fruits. And that's what's made me the biggest. Um, that those two factors as fruits of a discipline yoga practice have been the key determinant of the success for me as an activist in this, in this season. So mm. I produced a video uh, with Move On recently. Um, and one of the quotes that um, got a lot of traction from black and white audiences was, if this moment makes you uncomfortable, don't look away look deeper. And in looking deeper, ask yourself why we as a society have been silent about this for so long. And Mm -hmm. it's that inquiry 
into a situation rather than recoiling, leaning in, taking a deeper breath, walking or seeking to walk in someone's shoes. Um, and I think what got people the most is that it just cut people viscerally. Like in the past, you could be like, well, what about this? Well, maybe this, like th this incident with the passing of Mr. Floyd just hits you in your spirit. It hits you in your soul. And you can't look away when you're hit in the soul, right? Like soul conversations are poignant. They're deep. They cut through all the nonsense and get to our common humanity. So that's, a long, that's kind of a long-winded way of answering your question. I am blessed in that I, through this form, um, which I'm, and you and I have talked about this, I increasingly identify less as black man progressive and more as humanitarian with a spiritual mission, right? So the, the platform through which I seek to uh, effectuate that change is political and through my yoga teaching practice. But the, the, the title of black male is just what, is just the character in the larger play. Like if I identify too much with that, I associate with it to the detriment of my common humanity to some extent, right? And that doesn't nullify the pain that I've gone through, the pain that people who have the same um, character title go through. But for those of us, and this, me especially, who've been called to teach in this moment, if I identify that to the, de I mean, I'll give you a perfect example, that there are a lot of people who say in this moment, it's not my job to teach these people, whatever, like they should figure out on their own. I disagree, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It is our job as caretaker of one another, regardless of gender, like, race or whatever, it is our job to collectively shepherd each other through difficult times. It's our job to share our wisdom that we've gained through our experience, through our different perspectives, and in so doing, lighten the load or enlighten someone who may be a little bit dark. Um, and it's in that communal sharing that transformation takes place. So while in the past, and very recently, I would say as, as early as this morning, like someone said something to me where I was just like, I for about five seconds, I was just like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, I stopped, I paused, and took the deep breath and leaned deeper into it and said, because we were talking about like representation um, and communications at work and mm -hmm. how, how we want, um, we're seeking to inspire communities of color in the electorate, but there aren't that many people of color talking about elections in the electorate. And so I was like, in order for us to get more black men to vote, we need to have more black male voices. Um, and someone said, well, black men are getting a lot of attention right now. And Patrick, I mean, you know me well, like for about five, <laughs> for five, for five seconds, I was about to be like, word, but <laughs> I paused. You know why like, attention? Do you know why? Do you? Right? <laughs> and I said, I was like, well, the reason we're getting attention is because one of us got murdered in a savage way and I would rather not have attention that way. But since we have that attention and our collective consciousness is open to that, why not empower people who can speak compassionately to that truth, but cut across all lines? So mm. it's mm. not, to, it's not, if I walk around wounded and frustrated, that's not to anyone's advantage, right? Especially mine. So right. if I become whole and clear and I've been doing a lot of work on like meditation, but like it's called the, the Buddhist emptiness meditation. So rather than be attached to anything that is given to me, be open to what is supposed to come through me. Mm -hmm. 
that is what I'm seeking to do. So yes, um, for the first 40 years of my life, I identified as black male and hip hop generation and generation X and all these other sorts of things. But the shift I'm trying to make is that using those as teaching tools, as opposed to pegs that I have on that, I, that I hang my ego upon. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's a couple of, there's a couple of things that, that there's, there's so much to unpack with what you just said. Um, I think, thank you. Um, mm, number one, for, for being, for being an example of, um, a person who is choosing to pl- play the game, right? We're, we're, we're all playing the game of being human. Absolutely. Play, playing the game of transcending what we identify with in order to identify with what appears to be the next thing to identify. Absolutely. With, Absolutely. Right. right. Cause, cause identifying with this, you know, I am human, a humanitarian with a spiritual mission is another level of egoic identification, but it's yeah. what I, what I've often thought is that my ego is not something for me to push down or, or silence. My ego is somebody to bring up. I want, I want right. Patrick to come with me because as far as I can tell, he will be with <laughs> me as long as I'm in the body. Right. And so it's like, right. it's like, you know, I wouldn't want Patrick to get stuck in fourth grade and just stay back there because I somehow got transcended and, and he's back there. That's I not appreciate the way that. It appears to look, it's like, no, no, Reg, come on, Reg, Reg with Reggie, you know, like just, right. let's just keep Patrick with Patrick. Come on. No, come on. Come on. Guy. Right. It's okay. Right. I, know, I know that hurt. I know that hurt. Let, 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 let the big eye hold you hold, you know, tell you, I love you, tell you you're safe, tell you you're much more than these identifications, tell you much more than that, than that, that offhand comment that hurt, you know, or whatever it right. is. Right. Or watching, watching George Floyd getting murdered. Like George is safe in death. Right safer than he was in the body. And and I know right. that that's not solace at this moment, but on the other side of eternity, we're all safe and we're all going to die. And, right. and it's not to count or, or to bypass. Right. But when I hear you say that you are not hanging your hat on being a black man and I think about it and I'm like, well, white people, and, and I don't even want to say white people, me, <laughs> I I forget the inherent privilege in how I was born. Sure. Based on the society that I was born into. Sure. Yeah. Being 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 a white male, and I'm and I'm just thinking to myself, well, how how can I take what Reggie's process is, and even though it's kind of invisible to me, because. I don't get sneered at in the same ways that a person of color gets I don't know, sneered, whatever treated yeah. all, all the things that are visible to me. So for white people to hang that up and to say, no, I'm a humanitarian on a spiritual mission. I, Patrick was just like, Ooh, Ooh, I, 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 that, that feels like relief to me. That feels mm. like relief to me to transcend this shell, even though it's totally privileged. Right. So can you, can you talk a little bit about how, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how to, how, just any comments on that, any thoughts on how you can. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll go back, I'll go back to the quote I just, I just rendered is that um, if you are a person of privilege and you see this and it makes you concerned or it makes you saddened or it makes you those sorts of things, 
the natural inclination over American historical precedent is to lean away. But if mm -hmm. you have privilege and conscience, it is incumbent upon you to, in, in seeking that transcendence lean in and offer compassion and offer apology, but not apologies like, I'm sorry for what white people did, but I'm sorry for how complicit I was in this. And in so doing, going forward, I will be more engaged. Like I will mm -hmm. seek to, you know, whatever that is for you, I'll seek to be of service to poor, low-income communities that are mostly black and brown. I'll seek to offer the excess books that I have in my house that no one's read for five years and give them to these schools that have no books because our public school systems are funded um, through ridiculous measures that tend to penalize those communities. Or I will vote for civic improvements that allow for all of us to have a better quality of life. So even though that mean, may mean I have, quote-unquote, less, um, having other people live in peace and freedom is to your net benefit. So while you may have less materialistically, think about how much safer you'll be, how much more productive you'll be in the fact that your neighbor has less want. Mm. Wow. Well said. Yeah, it is. It's, it's this, it's, it's, you know, part of the, the conversation that I'm, I'm excited to unpack the next time we talk is just this yeah. conversation about white fragility and yeah, man. and how I I notice that how uh, un, how unpracticed most um, of white America is in talking about it, and so yeah. it's just like I I don't want to. I don't know what the margin for error is in terms of having a conversation with a black person about this. And so it, 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 depends. <laughs> it, it depends, right? It, it can be, right. it can be like this I've experienced yeah. and it can be a wide berth as, right. you know, yeah. friends of mine from, um, you know, from childhood and I can yeah. have conversations where the birth is really large and with you, it's really big. And I, and I, Absolutely. and I, as somebody that, that honestly is not as evolved can in this area can practice with you how right. to talk about this. Yeah, and so sure. uh, I think that's a big piece, um, you know, and just in educating, like how to, how to talk to black people about getting better. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of black folks that just don't want to talk. They're just like, I don't, it's not my job to tell you about this. Yeah. But right? little, let me unpack that a bit. Like the reason that people feel that way is because for centuries, and it's not just black, it's black, it's Latinx, like it's native, it's Asian American, it, 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 it's all of our brothers and sisters of color. Um, when our pain has been put in front of white faces, it has either been met with outright hesitance or anger or get over it or those sorts of things. So we have to unlearn that, you know, now that, now that white people want to wake up, for, for, for lack, of better, lack of better terminology, it's hard to relearn compassion um, toward another when it's never been meted out to you in the first place. So what I would offer for folks who may have white fragility syndrome is it's okay for you to be uncomfortable in this moment because most of us have felt uncomfortable for our entire lives. So consider that and maybe just pray more, meditate more, whatever your practice is, and seek to be of service from a humble place as opposed to an aggrieved place, as opposed to, I don't know what to do with this emotion, and that's fine, let it simmer, let it process. And as it processes and settles, um, especially for those on a, that do more prayer or meditation, the path will unfold. You just, have to, you just have to have the courage to follow that path. And that path, mm. isn't always, that path isn't always speaking. Sometimes the path is being quiet and listening. Sometimes the path is not seeking to find an answer 
or do anything but looking around. And like I said, maybe your local school needs books. Maybe your voting history has not done anything to protect anyone's interests other than yourself. Maybe, you know, the discretionary income that you use for Starbucks or whatever every day or whatever, I don't know what it is in the pandemic these days, but like whatever habits that you have accrued that are solely focused on your comfort, maybe now's the time for you to seek to incorporate the comfort and well-being of other people because, you know, part of the tenets of one of my tenets of my teaching practice is that I am here to alleviate the suffering of all sentient beings, regardless of what you are, regardless of how you identify in gender, regardless of however you identify in orientation. My job is to hold space for you, your healing and well-being, because a whole person inspired by God's truth can change the world. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that it ever has, right? Right. Mm. And so, um, in kind of closing comment for yeah. today's yeah. conversation, yeah, and let, um, let's chop this up again. We had some technical issues, but yeah, let's chop it up. You know, I always got time for you, Pete. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I know that I know that it's um, it's going to support people here in Denver and 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 wider to always uh, to understand a little bit better. So. Tell me, um, and maybe we'll just end each of our calls this way, like talk a little bit about optimism, pessimism, and where you sit right now. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question in the context of another quote that was in that video that, again, those were God's words that were given to me. Like I mm. opened my mouth and just was like, ah, and then I looked at the video and was like, yo, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Word, you said hey. that? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Like, what else? Uh, so, um, the anger that we feel now, Anger in and of itself is purely energy. And that mm-hmm. energy can be used as a creative and catalytic force, or it can be used as a force of destruction and distraction. Mm-hmm. That is our choice. So I'm optimistic because the anger and pain that I feel now, I've committed myself for that to be a, a force of creation and catalytic transformation as opposed to destruction and distraction. So that's where my optimism lies. My optimism lies in the opportunities that I have to speak to. Patrick, I haven't told you for real, for real, but um, you know how many white female studio owners have called me and asked me to speak? Mm, amazing. Yo, of course. real talk, right? Awesome. So that's, cra- that's crazy. So like, um, that's a creative moment. That's catalytic mm. transformational change. Like that's something that you and I've talked about for years. Like if people can view wellness in the context of the collective as opposed to the individual and I can help augur that, man, that's beautiful. So I'm optimistic because in this moment of sadness, there's an opening that through compassion and meditative moment and just brutal honesty rooted in love, healing is taking place. And in that healing, we all can transcend from this depth that we're in right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love it. The, the alchemy, what I got out of um, the, how you took a um, plus or minus or a uh, front or back or a black or white optimism or pessimism is you, you talked about alchemy and you talked about, you talked about taking anger and looking at it as a source of energy for change yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's, that, that gave me goosebumps. It's, it's like, yes. Okay. So, so really practicing, which is what yoga, our, which our yoga practices, our breath work, our meditation practice, all these are alchemy practices. Right? For sure. Take, for sure. Absolutely. They take energy, they focus it, they redirect it, they catalyze it. And, mm-hmm. 
you know, let, let's, um, let's, let's use George Floyd RIP to, to be another, another reason to catalyze and alchemize and inspire. Um, yeah, as always, my man, uh, such a, such a, such an enlightening moment. Thank you. so Love much you, man. Love, love you and too. love y'all. You know that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so kindness collective folks, we're going to have uh, kind of some ongoing conversations here with Reggie and other people. We're going to get the podcast back up and um, just want you to know that we're thinking about you and um, absolutely our yoga practice and meditation practice. And who knows, maybe we can get Reggie on the, on the streaming so that we can get some of his wisdom through his uh, yoga teaching. So uh, all the love and energy to you, Reg. Um, Likewise, we'll- man. And, I, and I'll email you the practice I taught this past week was the best practice of my life because it was oh. informed of the moment and I'll, I'll send it to mm-hmm. you and you can use it for whatever purposes, but I'd love to get on and y'all your, your community helped transform my life. So I'll do anything for you. Our community, man. our community, our yes. community helped Got transform it. my life. Amen. Right. All yeah. right. All right. We'll talk soon. Blessings.